Good morning. Welcome to So Inappropriate. It is February 11th, and that is our girl Britney Spears singing Gimme More from the pretty terrible performance she gave at the VMAs in 2008. So I think that's actually a hot song. The performance, but I thought she looked great, and I think the song is awesome. So anyway, but that's that song kind of embodies the meltdown that is portrayed in the New York Times documentary on Hulu called Finding Britney, which I'll get into in a minute. I have a hot take. Um, I have a very unpopular opinion about the whole thing. So I just think that, well, I'm going to talk about it in a minute, but no one's, no one is agreeing with me, but I, I have a, a hot take on it and I'll, I'll tell you why. I, maybe you will agree with me. Maybe I'll change your mind a little bit. This week, uh, we had some more snow. We have a lot of motherfucking snow up here, and I'm really kind of tired of it. And I had to have another snow day yesterday, and so that's why I'm late again. And it's just the way it's going to be. Um, I watched The Night Stalker on Netflix. You know, I love a true crime moment. And that is a serial killer that was terrorizing the L.A. area in 1985, I think, or 1987, I believe. And it's a three or four parter. And basically the reason why this was so scary, this Night Stalker, was that he didn't stick to one kind of victim and he did many different kinds of crimes. So he raped and killed and tortured and beat and there was no really rhyme or reason to this madman's rampage. So it took them a hot minute to find them. Um, but I was told by many people, don't watch this at night. It's the scariest thing you've ever seen in your life. And Okay, I watched it at night. I was not scared for one second. I don't... I think there's something wrong with me. I mean, I, I maybe I'm just so desensitized to true crime because I'm so consumed by it all the time. But I didn't think it was scary at all. I found it... I thought it was great, but wasn't scared. Definitely went to sleep perfectly fine at night. Did lock my doors, though, I will say. The funniest thing in that documentary, though... I don't, I don't know why people aren't talking about this... The, the Night Stalker, Richard Ramirez, had a victim in the San Francisco area. So he did L.A., then he went to San Francisco, and he came back. I mean, the whole state of California was, like, freaked out for years. And, but anyway, they had this one victim. I don't know why I'm laughing. It's not funny. It's terrible. But there was a man, an Asian man named Peter Pan, and they were, like, for, like, 15 minutes in the documentary, they're like, he murdered Peter Pan. And I... I don't, I'm like the, the detectives, the police, all the people who are saying this with a straight face. I'm like, how are you not laughing talking about Richard Ramirez murdering Peter Pan? Go back and watch. I'm sure you missed it because I said it to a couple people and they're like, what are you talking about? No, there's a man whose name is Peter Pan. They're like, Peter Pan and his wife, Mary, were murdered. I laughed for 20 minutes and I could not believe that nobody else was finding that hilarious anyway but it's great you should watch it if you haven't watched it yet I didn't think it was scary I mean it is but it's like he's in jail you don't need to like not lose you don't need to lose sleep over it anyway what else what else what else so Brittany um yeah I'm gonna get into that in a minute I also have a bit of a chat so there's no guest but um I've been working on this for a while and I've sort of put together my dossier on mean girl activity and I have been a mean girl I have been a victim of mean girls and I've learned a lot and it's it's even more like surviving female friendships as a whole and I'm not saying I'm an expert I'm just saying like these are what these are the things I have learned I've actually written them down over the years and kind of journaled about it and the way that I'm conducting myself right now in my personal life abiding by these rules and these things that I've learned have, have been very helpful. So as we start to get out of our houses a little bit more and we start to go back to normal life, I think these issues will, will you know, rear their ugly heads again. And I mean, to that point even, I think, I think people's nastiness is coming out more now. You know, we're locked down, we're on social media, everyone's hiding behind their keyboards, saying these nasty things to each other. And I have found even just having conflicts with people because of the way that I'm conducting myself right now during this corona thing and the 
you know, um, my reactions to Black Lives Matter and, or non-reactions really. And, um, you know, I sort of, every time I take a stand on something, I think politically or socially, I'm kind of proud of myself for saying how I feel, but then I'm also, I lose followers and I, you know, I get hate and it's like, well, why did I, you know, it feels good to open your mouth and speak your mind, but it, at the same time, it's, it opens you up to criticism. And like I said, everyone is, um, overly sensitive and overly confident behind their computers and their phones and their Instagram feeds. And anyway, so I want to share that with you at the end. Um, might not be, it might also be unpopular, as unpopular as my opinion about Brittany is, but we'll give it a go. And uh, okay, here we go. Talking about, what is this thing called? I don't know, Britney Spears, freeing Britney Spears? Frame, oh, framing Britney Spears, sorry. This is a new, oh, by the way, it's very hard to find on Hulu. Um, I don't have FX anymore. My husband, we still have cable, but like, all of a sudden, like, all these great channels are gone. Like, the Logo channel, which I used to watch Gilmore Girls reruns on, is gone. And now we don't have FX anymore. So I couldn't find... The, the Britney thing is on FX. But you can find on Hulu. It's impossible to find on Hulu. So you have to search under New York Times. Don't write in Britney or anything. It won't come up. Just type in New York Times and it'll come up. The failing New York Times. <laughs> what is the Trump? The failing New, the failing New York Times. <laughs> It's the worst. It's the worst journalism in the world. Wow, not anymore. I don't think Trump's obviously seen this because it was pretty good. It was pretty juicy. All right, here we go with Britney. Okay, so in two thousand and six, Britney Spears had released a ton of albums. She's about well, she's the same age as me, so she was twenty three years old. She had never gone to college. She was. Try, I mean, in my eyes, it, it appeared to me that she was kind of trying to create that college experience for herself. So if you remember back, this was the era of, you know, clubs like Hyde in LA and she was hanging out with Nicole Richie and Paris Hilton and it was the heyday of those two and getting out of the cab with your underwear off and getting that pap shot and these girls were, were followed like night and day. And... Britney appeared to unravel a little bit, but in, in like a wild college girl way, I thought. You know, she was, again, going to the clubs all the time and getting photographed and having her panties off and Lindsay Lohan was getting DUIs and Lindsay Lohan ended up getting more of the negative attention in that era because she had all the DUIs and she was really in trouble. And Britney was just sort of flirting with that sort of behavior, but she never really got herself into any serious trouble. Winter of 2007, it was the era of kind of the beginning of that breakdown. So if you remember, she, you know, took took a cab to a random barbershop in the valley and went in and asked them to shave her head and they said no. And she took the clippers and did it herself and they the paps all caught it on video. And then she went outside and took an umbrella and bashed in a paparazzi's car, all caught on camera. So... That was sort of the beginning of the meltdown period. In February 2008, Brittany was um, doing a handoff of one of her sons to Kevin Federline for custody. And she locked herself in a closet and refused to come out. And um, the cops were called and she was taken to Cedar sinai in Los Angeles for a 5150 hold, which is a temporary psychological hold. Um, against that person's will when they believe that they are harmed to themselves or someone else. After that hospitalization, Britney's father, Jamie Spears, and her lawyer got a temporary conservatorship over Britney's assets, estate, and business affairs. This uh, conservatorship became permanent in October 2008. So from what I understand, oh, and that, that particular conservatorship remains in effect today. So the lawyers have switched over the years. She's gotten new lawyers, people have quit, whatever, but dad plus lawyer um, have been in effect as the conservator until recently when her father stepped down because he uh, allegedly has cancer. So it's lawyer plus some other family member. And her dad is involved to some degree. I think he's involved just now in her finances and her business affairs but not physically. He used to have like the physical conservatorship over Britney. And now he's um, 
not well enough to do that. So basically what that means is um, it's, it's actually, I've talked to a few family court lawyers about this and done some research and well, one family court lawyer, let's not, I mean, I wasn't like out in the field with a microphone. Give me a break, Sarah. But apparently getting conservatorship over another human being, especially of that age, of uh, she's a 39 year old woman. And um, it's easy to get conservatorship over, you know, someone who's 85 and their faculties are failing them and, you know, they're getting lost going to the grocery store, that kind of thing. But it's pretty difficult, or a child, but it's pretty difficult to get a conservatorship over a, you know, able-bodied younger person. So the fact that that was even issued to Jamie Spears and Britney's lawyer is huge. So... Again, this person was telling me that like a conservatorship over a grown woman that's not, you know, that's seemingly fine physically is, is a big deal. So she's like, there's something that, there's some deep stuff going on that maybe isn't available to the public. There might be suicide, there might be, um, you know, suicidal thoughts or something. Anyway, so that has been in effect for basically 13 years. And it's revisited every year officially, but it can be revisited at any time if the conservatee um, requests it. So 13, again, difficult to get in the first place and very, very long. Now, here's my unpopular hot take about this documentary. Please don't come for me. I'm a fan of Britney. I feel very sorry and sad for her, but I think that she needs to be under some sort of supervision. So last night I watched this documentary for the second time and my husband came in the room and it was the scene where there were like the protesters that are, this, this whole documentary has energized this free Britney movement. I thought it was like more of a joke, but it, there are people that are literally camped outside her home with signage and, t you know, tents and stuff. And people camped out outside the courthouse on her behalf, free Britney. It's a thing. I mean, there's like an organizer. It's, I mean, I don't have a lot to do right now, but it's a thing. So this documentary has basically energized that movement. So my hot take on the whole thing is I think that she has some mental problems and she needs to be, she needs help. And I think that her being on her own right now is not a great idea. So maybe it, maybe the dad is a jerk, right? I mean, the dad is kind of a controversial character. He was, he allegedly said, one of Britney's lawyers said he heard him say one time, I can't wait till my daughter gets rich enough to buy me a boat. That's not great. And he's been in and out of rehab. He's hasn't held a job for a very long time. And People have a problem with him taking a 1% cut of her estate and her financial planning. However, he is her father. Um, most of the time, fathers do have their child's best interests at heart. I don't think that 1% is a ridiculous amount of money to ask for that job. And hear me out. Um, Brittany's estate is probably... I read somewhere it was like in excess of $200 million. So planning or, or you know, planning and uh, her state and managing her money is probably a full-time job, if you ask me. And most financial planners ask for 1%. So like my family's financial planner charges us, I think, 1%. And we don't have even one one thousandth of the money that they have. So I don't think that him paying himself a salary from this job is that outrageous. Um, I don't know anyone that would manage $200 million of money as their full-time job, as well as physical custody and business decisions for less than 1%. I, I really don't think that's a big deal that he's paying himself out of that. I also don't think that... Um, I think that he's probably an uncouth human. I mean, the thing about the boat is ridiculous. It could have been a joke that was taken out of context. It's not classy, but I haven't seen any true harm come to Britney Spears. 
in the past 10 years as she's been under this conservatorship. So again, my husband commented last night, he said, when he saw the protesters, he said, oh my God, it reminds me of Michael Jackson. And I was like, oh my God, you're right. So if you remember in the last years of Michael Jackson's life, he was, um, he had these really aggressive stands that were like, he, there's no way he abused that child and whatever. And they were, you know, camped outside the courthouse when he was on trial for child endangerment. And, you know, he was sequestered in that house. And he was, if there had been Instagram at that time, he would have been making crazy videos too. And, you know, no one was looking out for Michael Jackson and he's now dead. So I don't know. A part of me is like, I know this is unpopular and whatever, but like a part of me is thinking if Brittany had not been under the care of her father or someone else responsible for her, she might not be here right now. I mean, she had some crazy behavior back in the mid 2000s after she had her children. I personally think this is just my theory. Her medical records are sealed and no one knows what's in them except for Brittany and her doctors and probably her conservator team. And there is probably some really ugly stuff in there. I mean, we don't know if she has a mental diagnosis of some sort or who knows, but it had to have been, according to my source who works for family law, it has to have been very bad and dire for her to be appointed a conservator at the age of 29, okay? And for him, it to be in effect for over 10 years. So... For everyone to speculate that she's being held against her will and whatever, yeah, she probably thinks she's being held against her will because she's not right. And, I mean, if you watch her Instagram videos with the dancing, it's like they think there's clues in there. Like someone will say, oh, wear a yellow shirt tomorrow if you're being held against your will, and then she will have a yellow shirt the next day. I don't think that we're being punked like that. Like, I don't think it's possible I'm sorry, I don't mean to be mean, but I don't think it's possible that Britney Spears is like pulling like a like a clue game on us. I mean, come on. Let's be real here. Um I don't think that <laughs> I just don't think that. I think that they're like, "Okay, we'll let you do some dancing and put on your Instagram for your fun activity today at mental camp." Like <laughs> I don't know. I feel bad. And like the clothes are weird. She wears those. Where did she get those shorts? I've said this before. Where are those little shirts and the shorts from? Like you can't, you cannot buy clothes like that anymore. She's, and the makeup, her makeup is her, she just smears black shit on her eyes. It's very scary and it's sad. And I just, I'm sorry. Maybe it doesn't have to be your dad. If her dad is this bad guy, maybe it doesn't have to be her dad, but somebody needs to be with her and helping her. And my theory on what happened to her is I think that she had some repressed, you know, ag aggressive party tendencies that came out in the 2006s. She never had a childhood. She wanted to rebel. She finally was an adult. And she was sort of realizing that she never had any fun. And that happened. And then she had this whirlwind romance with Kevin Federline. She had two small, she had two little boys, one after the other got horrendous postpartum depression times two in a very short amount of time. I think she had postpartum psychosis or depression that was left untreated for a while because no one could get close enough to her to tell her what was going on, and she didn't trust anybody. And then when she was doing the Hotel Onyx tour, she bashed up her knee. So I think she's now having, what was that, 2008, 2009? Remember she bashed up her knee and she couldn't, she canceled that big tour and that was supposed to be her big comeback. And so she had this knee injury that sidelined her for about 15 months. And so I'm like, okay, so you're, you have postpartum psychosis or depression. You probably have anxiety. So you're taking medication for that. And it takes a while to get your dosage right and for things to start to kick in. So that's happening. And then you have your knee blowout. So maybe you're on painkillers. Maybe you're on anti-inflammatory. So we have all these things interacting together. And they got her back on her feet after that knee injury fairly quickly. So maybe she's taking painkillers. I mean, who knows? So is it possible that she just had this snowball effect of drug dependencies and mental illness that didn't really get checked? You know, they didn't really nip it in the bud right away. And the long lasting effects from that is this. And 
You know, in some ways, I think she's lucky. I think she's very fortunate that she has amassed this fortune where she can have people help her and she can pay people to help her. And, you know, it seems that Kevin Federline is doing a pretty good job taking care of their sons. He's really stepped up to the plate in, in many ways, I, I believe. He has not... He isn't out... I mean, look, I never thought he was like a real prize, but I don't see him out talking to the media about her. I don't see him... I mean, she probably paid him not to, but he has kept out of the spotlight. He has kept his mouth shut. He appears to be taking a good job or doing a good job taking care of their sons. So she's lucky in some senses, but I, I'm sorry for everyone that's upset by this, but I just think that maybe Jamie Spears isn't the villain that we're all painting him out to be. And maybe she's, I mean, I even heard a, a theory that Britney was behind this documentary. She didn't speak or... You know, she didn't give any sort of feedback for it, but it seems to be painting her in the right light to get her dad removed as her conservator. And actually, today's February 11th. There's a hearing today, and this was released a week ago. So you tell me that that's not a coincidence. So we'll see what happens today. But, I mean, it seems to be drawing up a lot of sympathy for her, and and maybe the judge will be moved by it. I don't know. But to me, I think it would be a bad move for her to be completely on her own at this point. It's just my, it's just my opinion, but I, I've watched her Instagrams. I'm looking at these things. I don't think that she's, she's doing great right now. And I'm not sure she can make her own decisions. They've said that she's refused to work until her, until her dad is removed as her conservator, which makes sense because she hasn't really worked that much in a long time. So who knows, but maybe she shouldn't be working. I mean, maybe she should be working on herself and just trying to get better. She's made enough money, just be done with it. A lot of these celebrities just, they can't let go. You know, they can't let go of the fame. They can't live, they can't like live normally. And I think she's one person that I would like to see. I would like to see her go away and just be a mom, you know? One thing the documentary left out, which I thought was kind of weird and telling, is they left out her engagement to Jason Trawick, Trawick. Do you guys remember that? She was in, engaged to him from 2011 to 2013. He was her manager. He was a really look, good looking guy. He was the one that brokered the deal in Vegas for her to do that residency that made her a ton of money. And she looked to be doing pretty well during that time. And her dad was still her conservator at that point, but she seemed happy and feeling free. She was engaged to that guy. Obviously the family approved of him. They were doing really well. Um... And they broke up in 2013. I heard it's because she wanted more children and he did not. So that's why they've separated. But I thought that was really sad. I, I sort of liked him for her. The other thing I thought was kind of weird was in this documentary, there's this woman named Felicia Collada who was her former assistant. She's sort of like this cute, she seems like totally harmless, like sweet woman. But she was Britney's traveling assistant when she toured from when she was a teenager up until about five years ago. And she, I thought that was really weird too. So when Britney got her record deal at age 16, Felicia Collada was like her mom's, I don't know, she was like a neighbor from down the street or something. And Britney's mother said to her, oh, I can't tour with Britney because my daughter's, my younger daughter's in first grade or something. Can you go with her? And she's like, sure. So she became her kind of guardian slash assistant during that time. And she took her everywhere, which I just thought was so weird. Like, can you imagine like you're, crazy old weird neighbor oh you take her like I don't know I mean what no that there's just so many questionable parenting decisions that the Spears family had to make on to get Brittany to where she is I just I don't know but anyway this woman speaks out she seems like a sweet like harmless woman but she said that Jamie Spears Brittany's dad fired her when he took over as conservator and then the Brittany's touring company hired her so she worked for the tour group so she got to keep her role. She just was like on someone else's payroll, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, so who knows? So that's my hot take on Brittany. I I think whether or not you think the dad is a bad guy, I, I think she needs someone to watch over her. That's just me. That's just me. I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with the hearing today. Oh my God, the Army Hammer update. So a couple updates on Army Hammer. Sunday night, I retweeted, I keep saying, I'm not on Twitter. I re-Instagrammed an Instagram post from House of Effie 
basically that it was an unsubstantiated rumor that there were three dead bodies of women between the ages of 20 and 30 in the Palm Desert area of California. They're cold cases. Some of the bodies have been dismembered. There's been evidence of weird cannibalism things done to the bodies, young, attractive women, and they happened over the last year. So I found an Instagram post from House of Effie saying that they're now investigating those murders in connection with Army Hammer. Now remember, Army said that he, when all this broke a couple, or no, after his divorce, he went to live in Palm Desert with a friend and he was doing construction work. So these bodies were found about 15 minutes away from that construction site. So everyone's like, oh, yes. So I re-Instagrammed it on my stories and everyone was like, oh my God. Well, that story has not broken yet. And I'm hearing now that it's been killed. So I don't know. I've <laughs> been killed. <laughs> no, the story's been killed. See what I did there? Um, I'm hearing now that the LA Times has kind of put the put that story in the back burner. So I don't know if the hammers have gotten to them or... Maybe it's just like a shot in the dark, but I was saying to my friend, Sarah, um, if this isn't true, he's the most unlucky guy in the entire world because I mean, my heart stopped for a second. Everything points to him being worse than we actually might think he might be. So who, who knows? I don't know. I hope it's not true just for the sake of the universe, but um, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to un, how are we going to unsee that? Golly. But that's what I get for retweeting gossip. I should have just waited for it because now I look like an idiot. Um, you know, Brittany was in Vegas around the time of those. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Could have been Brittany. No, she's sweet. She's innocent, right? She just needs people to love her, I think. I don't know. All right, so that's my army hop. Oh, and House of Effie, who was the whistleblower on Army Hammer. She's deleted her Instagram. So... I don't know. People were a little worried about her. Like maybe she might be breaking down. I'm wondering what if the, what if the hammers have gotten House of Effie and they've gotten to the LA Times and they're like trying to kill this whole. I keep saying kill. Ugh, don't say that. It's too crazy. And they keep trying to to quash this whole thing. I don't know. I hope not. I really hope not because if he has done bad things worse than what we know about, he needs to get taken down for it. Stay tuned. I will keep you posted. All right, so let's get into my learnings here. Here's what I've put together over the years about getting along with other women. Unfortunately, you have to eat shit sometimes. And I have a hard time doing that because I want to put everyone in their place at all times, as you all know. I want to say how I feel. I want to serve people with the injustices that they deserve. I want to make noise. I want people to know that they can't walk all over me, but it's not always the best way to go. All right. So the number one thing I've learned is do not insert yourself into other people's drama. So that's very hard for me because I feel I'm a very, I'm, a, I'm, I'm an introverted extrovert, if that makes sense. And I feel people's pain as my own and I take on their problems to be my own. And it's never gotten me anywhere good. It's only landed me in trouble. And I just can't do it anymore because I just, it gives me so much stress I don't need. So I have many examples of this, but the most prevalent one I would say is I had a friend that we were really close and we were like couple friends. So her husband was friends with my husband. She would hang out with me. They would do their thing together. We would hang out. And he was a drinker. And not only was this guy a drinker, he was like a drink to the point of blacking out, cops being called, houses being trashed, bad stuff. So we've had, a, we had a couple run-ins with them and I would defend them as I always do and, you know, try to protect her. And it got to the point where my husband and I were just like, we can't hang with them anymore. It's just, it's too crazy. And, but then I was like, well, it's not fair to her. She didn't do anything. And he's like, you can be friends with her. That's fine. It's just, we're not going to be like around him. So I'm like, fine. So here I am trying to save the day as usual 
I took the girl aside and I was like, listen, if you, because I, something happened at our house one time that was, made me believe that she was in danger. And I said to her, I'm like, look, if you need money, if you need help, we will help you. We got to get you out of this because we're very worried about you. And I was like, I'll be your girl. I'll help you get a bank account and we'll get a lawyer and you, you know, whatever. I'm your, I'm your friend. I will get you out of this. And she's like, okay. Well, cut to nothing really came of it. These two are completely codependent on each other. And now I'm in a situation where she basically like told him everything I said about him. And he saw the text messages between us. And then they decided that I was the bad guy. And now it's weird between me and her because I'm like, what the fuck? Why are you showing him this stuff? I was trying to help you. And she's like, well, it's complicated. You know, whatever. It's fine. I don't belong in their marriage. I don't belong giving her my opinion. I did not know this at the time. And now it's too weird and we can't be friends. And it's fine. We don't, like, there's no bad blood or anything. It's just, they, I mean, they went on to have children. They are still together. This guy is still a disaster, as I know. And she's still enabling him. And I don't think it's a good situation from what I hear from mutual friends. But I'm sad because she and I were close and it's just a sad thing. And I think we still would have been friendly if I hadn't gotten involved in her stuff. But I don't know. I don't know what I could have done differently. I don't know. But I I don't think that they hang on to friends because I think once people, you know, kind of figure out what's going on with them, they're like, ooh, no way. And there's no helping her. She doesn't want help. So... But I just think overall, it's not good to get involved in people's stuff unless they ask for it. And even then, just worry about your own family, you know? And this is before I had kids. Like, I had a lot of time to, <laughs> I had a lot of time on my hands to try to fix the world. I don't really have that now. Um, oh, my next piece. If you hear that people are talking about you, 75% of the time, just let it go and pretend you never heard it. So this is a girl on girl thing. Sometimes we can't help ourselves. Sometimes other people twist it. It's a game of telephone. And by the time it gets to you, it's probably not right anyway. And I think what I've learned is that you can kind of trust your intuition. You know that if someone's talking about you, like, oh, you know, this person is just mad at me and whatever, I'll let it go. We had a fight. She was, she was venting and whatever. And you can tell if it's just that, which I think is fairly harmless. And you can tell if it's, you know, real evil and ill intent. I think most of the time it's just someone venting to a third party. And I think it's shitty of the third party to go back and blab it to you. So maybe you should question the third party as well, but you know, just keep your guard up. And I think like what I think I used to fly off the handle if I heard people said a word about me. And now it's like, whatever, who cares? Let it go. I, I just think most of the time it's someone just having a bad day or having a problem with you and they feel like they can't talk to you, so they talk to someone else about it. Harmless. And it, it just means you should go talk to that person. Just figure it out. Let it go. Uh, the third thing, if you don't want someone in your life anymore, do not ghost them. This is very tricky because the easy thing to do and the P-U-S-S-Y thing to do is just to ghost them. And it's I say it's easy because you can just neglect your phone. Nobody calls anyway. You can just ignore text messages. Oh, I didn't get it. My kid was playing with my phone. Whatever. I think it's shitty. And I think, it, I think it'll come back to haunt you. So someone ghosted me one time. And I took... I was very offended. Like, who would ghost me? Give me a break. I'm the best. <laughs> um... And I exploded on them the next time I saw them when it should have just been like, couldn't, couldn't this person have been like, listen, I need to take a break, you know, X happened and I got this going on and it would, I would have been like annoyed, but I wouldn't have exploded. Like, I think when people ignore you, it's like the most frustrating thing. And it's like a shitty, like narcissist thing to do. Right. It's like, let's see how, let's see how crazy we can make them. No, just be honest. Just be like, I got to take a break or, or honestly, just like, just stop watering the plants. Like, you know what I mean? Be polite, be brief. They'll get the point and you don't have to, you don't have to really say it. But I think if it's a good friend and you want to break, you should just be like, I got a lot going on. I'll hang with you when I can. 
they'll get the point. And if you're asked about it point blank, I think you just have to be honest. It's scary and horrible, but it's so much better. It probably won't happen, but I just think like, I just think like cutting someone off completely is a recipe for disaster. My next bit of advice is if you fall out with someone, don't ever talk shitty about them. It's very hard to do, but I learned this. I fell out with someone that a lot of my friends are still friendly-ish with. They all took my side because, ugh, please. But, they're you know, everyone wants to just, no one wants drama. So they'll just, oh, hi, you know, whatever. And I will say, to my credit, I just decided, I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to be this person that goes around bashing this other person. I don't like her, and everyone understands why. But, like, I don't care if other people hang out with her. I really don't. And what I learned is... This person is terrible, so they will fall on their own sword, and they have. I've heard some crazy things about this person since I stopped hanging out with them. And if you just close your mouth and let it happen, it will. And I just, I'm very proud of myself in this situation because I really, I just was like, it's too political. I don't want to be seen as a, I don't want to take that road, and I never did, and I just... Now people are starting to say to me, like, oh, my God, I saw, you know, X here, and I heard this about her and whatever. And I'm like, yeah, told you. Well, no, I didn't tell you, but I kind of knew that would happen. So it's hard, but I think, like, once you fall out with a person, just, like, I just, I mean, my face gives it away. I have no poker face, so people know that I don't like this person, and they understand why. But, like, when the person's name come up, I just, like, get up and walk away, or I just, like, start playing with my phone. And it's pretty obvious how I feel, but I just... I don't want to give anyone, I don't want to be that person, number one. I don't want to be like a bitter Betty and I don't want to, I'm not out to ruin anyone's life. I just, I completely shut down when that person comes up and it doesn't, she doesn't come up anymore because now it's, people are starting to see the light. So I'm like, hmm, I think that's the only way to get out of that ahead. Oh, this is really important. This is number five. This is really, really, really important. Do not make problems for other people. Now, what I mean by this is if you hear, if you hear, let's say you have two friends, you have a friend named Kelly and a friend named Amanda. If Kelly and Amanda are not getting along and you tell, you tell something or Kelly tells you something about Amanda, don't go running to Amanda. Keep your mouth shut as hard as it is. Keep your mouth shut. Do not pour fuel on the fire. And if one friend is going, it goes back to my other rule. Like sometimes people are just simply venting. It, it's not something you need to get involved with. It'll just make them more mad. It'll make you look like a shitty, trust, untrustworthy friend. Don't do it. So friend one is going off on you in confidence. Keep their confidence and just shut it. Try to shut it down because you could you could really put your foot down and be like, listen, I'm not going to listen to this about my other friend if you like her and just be like, I'm not going to repeat it, but like, I'm not going to listen to it either. And I think they will respect, they'll be annoyed. They'll be like, oh, because they want you to take their side. But in the long run, it's better and you look better and everyone will respect you and you will come out on top. Don't go to Kelly and say, you, you know, I heard what Amanda was saying about you, like whatever, because you lose all credibility. You're the bad guy. You tipped over the apple cart. And you know what? I think some people do this because it's really fun to be the informant. Like it's, you know, you get the attention and, but it's a slutty backstabber, backdoor dealing shitty thing to do. And it's been done to me before. Don't do it. I actually, I don't do that. I will say I don't do that. Unless someone really pisses me off, then I will unleash it. But I will keep it in the vault unless one of them fucks with me. Okay, the very last rule. This is so important. This is the number one important rule. Do not play chess and don't ingest, don't engage with a chess player. What does that mean? Okay. If you're someone that does this, you know what this is. And I know you know someone. Everyone's got someone that's a chess player, right? You can tell if someone sidles up to you at ballet class and you, you could, they start asking you questions and you're just like, oh, what's, your, what's your angle? Like, you're going to come back somewhere with this. Does my activity level in the world need to be increased for this? No, probably. That's how people think. 
they're like, what can, what can I do to make this fun? My boring life is a stay-at-home mother. It's most likely a stay-at-home mother whose kids are a little older than you. She needs some stimulation. She likes being the queen bee. She likes being the keeper of the information, and she will release it to feel powerful. It's a dirty game. It's shitty. Whatever. Now, I actually encountered one of these one time, and I did this really smart thing. I thought... That I read about, I actually got it from a Britney Spears um, PR person. <laughs> I read an article about this. So sometimes there would be leaks in Britney Spears's camp. They call them a camp. It's like all her like makeup people and her hair people and the handlers and all that. And there would be leaks of private information. So what the PR person would do to try to figure out who was the leak is they would give everyone on the team a, a false piece of information about Britney. And then when they heard it surface, and she would like keep track of it. And when they heard the thing surface, they would know who leaked it and who's the leaker. So I was having a problem with someone one time, and I knew that there was like an interloper, queen bee, wannabe kind of person. So I gave her a false thing. I was like, this person is X. And it was like a really shitty thing for me to say. And I didn't care because I didn't like her anyway, but... I didn't like the girl I was talking about anyway. So I, I wouldn't care if it got back to her and hurt her feelings because she sucked. And I was like already done being friends with her. But I needed to know if this interloper queen bee bitch was my friend or not. So I leaked it. And sure enough, she was the only person I said that to. Sure enough, it got back to the other girl who confronted me. And I was like, I no, again, I didn't give a shit about the person that confronted me that I said the bad thing about because we were already done. But when she said that to me, I was like thinking to myself, you just gave me a gift. Because now I know that the interloper isn't my friend. So I was happy to be done with both of them. And I'll move on with my life. And I got to tell you, I've never been happier. So to my point, don't play chess. Don't engage with a chess player. Just like bow out gracefully because you will never win. There's some people that are just like, you know, I wear my heart on my sleeve. As I said, I don't have a poker face. I don't have an agenda. As much as I would love to be one of those clever women that has an agenda, that like wants to move all the parts around and make everything perfect for herself, I'm not really like that. And I have no interest in that. And I mean, I guess if I wanted to like spend time, I could do it. But like I have way better things to do with my time. So I have no, I have no interest in engaging with those people. I keep my shit tight. I keep my cards close to my chest now. I have learned. And... I think when people show you who they are, believe them, if that makes sense. So one last thing, I think this is really, really, really super important. And I don't know if these people are listening, but you'll know who I'm talking about. I think it's great to have these kind of friends that you've been friendly with forever in years and years and years, and they're great. And I have like three or four of them. And sometimes I'll catch myself thinking, man, it's so great that I'm friends with X because, you know, I haven't spoken to her in a couple of weeks, but I know we'll always be friends. And that's true. But what I don't want to get stuck in is getting too comfortable with that. Because I think that, like I was thinking about my, with this one friend the other day, like we live, our kids go to different schools. We live like 20 minutes away from each other. And I know she'll always be my friend, but I'm like, well, that's a shitty way to treat this great friend because, you know, just because it's easy and I don't need to, she's, she's not easy, but like she's easygoing and she's not going to like, if I don't talk to her for months, she won't be angry at me. But that's shitty because I'm like, why am I giving all these like fucking time, you know, blood sucking vampires that are around me constantly my attention when my cool, like easygoing, wonderful friend isn't getting any of my, you know, attention. So I just think it's easy to fall into that rut where like, oh, I'll call her one day. Like, she's going to be fine. No, you got to water that plant because I think that the gold friends, you got to treat like gold and the, you know, the shitty gold plated ones, they're fun. But like, you don't need to, to put the care into that. You should put the care into the 18 carat friend. So anyway, I hope I, I am now attempting to take this advice because these are the things, especially over the last like 10 years, I would say I've really learned of these things. And I'm just going to say that my mom was right <laughs> about everything. And 
Yeah, that's all that matters. If you have, like, a handful of great friends, that's all you need. And don't try to be cool. Don't try to be popular. It doesn't fucking matter. And anyone that requires that much energy is not worth your time. So, I hope that was helpful. Anyways. um, Anyway, I just... Okay, it took me all day to finish this podcast because just Thursdays are just, like, a nightmare for me. And whatever. I had to keep putting it down and picking it up and whatever. And I just heard that the court date did not go that great for Brittany's dad. And look, he might not be perfect, but I'm just going to say it again. The people that think that Britney Spears should be on her own. I mean, were you watching the same show that I was watching? Because she ain't right. And I'm, I'm sad for her if she's not being watched to some capacity. I'm just saying. And you heard it here first because I don't think shit's going to end well for her if she's left to her own devices. My parents have, I thought about this, my parents have a, a couple friend and they have a daughter who's about my age and she's, I'm not sure, I'm not sure what her disability is, but it's something, her her capacities are, are limited mentally somewhat, but she's she's a functional human being. She's just... It's hard to talk to her. She's sort of, she, I'm not, I'm not really sure, but she's developmentally delayed somewhat. And she lives in a home where she can have a, you know, a, a job and she has a bank account and she can do simple tasks. I mean, the girl is early forties, so she's, you know, she's, she needs to live as an, as an adult, but she's not totally an adult. I would say she's maybe like a late teenager kind of mentally. And there was an incident a couple years ago when she really wanted to be emancipated from her parents because she's living on her own ish. She has somewhat supervision. She lives in like a home where she can come and go as she pleases, but people check in on her and so on and so forth. And she really wanted her own bank account and she wanted to be able to pay her cell phone bill and I think her parents were like, all right, let's give it a, give it a try because her parents are getting older and they're like, well, let's give her some independence because one day we won't be here. And you know, it would be great if we could trust her to do these sorts of things. Well, it ended up being that she like got her paycheck from her. I think she works at like TJ Maxx or something. She got her paycheck and like spent it all on candy and she had this guy that she was hanging out with and then they were worried, like, is he taking advantage of her because she's not all there and could she end up pregnant? And it ended up being worse. And then they had to actually establish a conservatorship for her. So I don't think, I'm not comparing Brittany to a person like that, but um, it's not that similar. So I just, I've seen what can happen when you let go of the rope a little bit too much with people that, need help. And I'm, I'm concerned for Britney Spears. So I think if her dad is not her conservator, someone else should be like, if, you know, she's, if the dad's a bad guy, fine, whatever. I'm not sure he is. I don't see the guy flying around on private jets and like, you know, maybe he is. I don't know, but I, I haven't seen it. He's like, all I saw was him making grits and cargo shorts for her. So I don't know, but, um, and I think, I, you know, that just speaks to how naive I am because I think I'm like, I look at my own dad. I'm like, that's who I would want. If I needed a conservator and I didn't, you know, I didn't have my support system here with my husband and everything, I'd probably want my parents to do it or my brother or something. Oh, speaking of brothers, did you see Brittany's brother? Like, he doesn't seem like real smart either. Good looking though. They're all good looking. Anyway. But I just think it's, oh. I hope they find someone else. Because Brittany's going to end up doing, like, my parents' friends. Brittany's going to blow $7 million on gummy bears. And it's going to be a problem. And I don't want to have to say, well, I, t- I told you so on the So, in- so Inappropriate podcast. All, all, <laughs> all nine of you should have. <laughs> we should write a letter or something. I don't know. Anyway. Oh, my God. And then the woman... Like, not to be mean, but I just think Brittany's been surrounded by dum-dums for so long. Like, the woman who cares for her, like, she seems like a sweet lady, but she was saying, like, she's got a house full of Britney Spears records, and she's like, hee-hee-hee. I'm like, you're fucking 60. Like, what are you doing with 
Britney's re records all over your living room. She looks like a lunatic. I mean, what is she doing? And then she was saying that she went, she, she took the train from Paris to London. And she's like, Britney and I couldn't believe it. I'm like, yeah, it's called a tunnel. Like, <laughs> she didn't know what a tunnel was. I mean, really? Like, we have those in Long Island that go to Queens. I don't know. I'm a little, I, I just think this is how she grew up. She just, I don't know. I hope this girl, I, I hope she gets it together. I hope, I hope they give her a good conservator that, you know, went to college or something. Not, not, I don't want to say that, but you know what I mean? Just someone that has a brain. And the dad, I thought, I don't know, like, Brittany's not broke and she's not dead and she's not hurting anyone right now. So like, maybe her dad was doing a good job. I don't know. And the boyfriend, she's got this weird boyfriend that's, I don't know. He said he's just pers her personal trainer or something. I don't buy it. And he's like, he put out a statement on Instagram saying the dad's an asshole. Well, yeah, you think he's an asshole because he's standing in the way of all your cash. So he's not a very reliable source. I don't know. I just hope, I just have this feeling. I think, I don't think Brittany, I don't think Brittany's dad is like a stellar human being, but like, I don't think he's the monster that everyone's painting him to be. All right, everybody. Is that enough, Brittany? I, I, it's going to come out next week that it, the Jamie, Jamie Spears is a complete monster and I'm wrong and it's, it'll be, trust me, I'm wrong a lot, but it, it won't be the first, <laughs> it won't be the first time that I was on the wrong side of history. So anyway, I hope you have a great week. Um, watch the documentary on the Cecil hotel on Netflix. I couldn't sleep last night and I was watching it. It's awesome. I mean, it's like, it's like a weird ghost. I don't know. Is it like a ghost thing? It's a disappearance. It's so good. It's, I watched one episode and I was like, oh, okay, well maybe there's two. I don't know how they're going to get all these episodes out of it. Cause I'm pretty sure they're going to wrap it up soon, but I'm pretty intrigued by it. So watch it. All right. Have a great week. I love you. Stay inappropriate. Bye.